Wow! <laughs> right. Go check yourself. <laughs> yeah, what was that? I don't think they heard you. Let's say that shit one more time. Thank you for listening to Go Jeff Yourself. This week is Blink-182. My name is Jeff, and my girlfriend likes UL and DHC. And she's so smart and independent, I don't think she needs me. (laughs) Quite half. That was bad. I don't know why I even attempted that. Um, There's there's no fun facts when I do these by myself. Because the fun facts, they're a conversation starter. We say her name. We say something fun about ourselves, or if you're Adam, about whatever topic in general uh, that he just like found on a Snapple cap or a, a Trivial Pursuit card, and and it gets a conversation going, warms you up. It's fun to listen to. Um, I tried to do something silly, and I did did not succeed at all. This is uh, a a different kind of episode I'm doing. Uh, it's not really a clip show. It's, I guess whatever. Uh, I'm playing some old stuff, but, uh, here, here's the reason why, because, uh, go Jeff yourself is a pretty new podcast started a couple months ago. And initially I wanted to do two episodes a week, uh, just to get the momentum going. It's fun. We have five hosts, you know, just record whenever post stuff, whenever it'll be fun. It, it It's great. We're going to be topical. Uh, it was a little difficult at first to be topical because I needed episodes to put out there. So once we started doing that, um, Dante and I, we had a recording session planned to record um, a Magic Unfinity episode, a Saga episode. Unfinity's kind of topical. Um, Saga is kind of topical, but, you know, we could we can move those around if we need to. But I'm like, hey, man, uh, you know, we, we're, we're going to record on Saturday. Blink-182 just announced they're getting back together with uh, the classic lineup that we're all familiar with. And they release a new song. You want to do a quick episode on that one song? He's like, yeah, sure. So we recorded the episode. We released it on Saturday. And right now it's Tuesday. And um, the episode did really well. It's the best episode as far as um, listens of Go Jeff Yourself so far. So I was like, wow, people really like Blink-182 right now. It's almost like it's in the cultural zeitgeist. Say it with me, everybody. The cultural zeitgeist, the cultural zeitgeist. So I was like, you know, D- Dante and I briefly talked about Blink-182's history, but the episode was more about them getting back together, uh, more about the song. So in my previous podcast, Talk Me Into, we did a whole episode on Blink-182 called Blink-182, The First 10 Years. Uh, um, it's because I, I haven't really cared for the last uh, 20 years of Blink-182, but the first yet, the, the first yen, the first 10 years, um, I still fuck with pretty hard. I was actually just uh, on my way back uh, from getting a, a haircut and eating a chicken sandwich, and I, I listened to the Mark, Tom, and Travis show, you know? I like a lot of the versions of the songs on that album. The uh, The parts where they talk should never have been released. Very problematic. <laughs> uh, very not not funny. Did not age well. The music aged well. For the most part, um, the interstitial stuff with farts and boobies and pedophilia and bestiality and incest um, and just just all the naughty words. Not great. But Talk Me Into, if you have not heard it, was a podcast I did for three and a half years where we try to talk our friends into things that we like. So this episode is me trying to talk uh, my friends Dan and Jimmy 
into Blink-182. Diving a lot deeper into the history of Blink-182 and breaking down songs in a playlist, getting into the lyrics, getting into the music. Um, So I'm just going to cut out all the fluff at the beginning. This is just straight Blink-182 stuff. If you want to hear, I guess, the... um, the fun facts in that episode that we actually pulled off. I think mine was about American cheese. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't know what theirs was. Um, and we had another segment called talking ourselves into, I cut all that out here. This is just blink 182. And, um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to throw it up there. It seems like people are interested and, uh, werewolf by night episode just dropped. I already planned this Friday to drop our doctor who magic, the gathering universes beyond episode, because the, um, the end of the 13th Doctor's era is coming up this Sunday, and I'm going to re- watch that, record an episode, and drop that on Sunday. So I already planned three episodes to come out this week, but let's do a fourth. Who cares? I've got episodes through the end of the year already. I got them coming out my ace. I got them in my pockets. I got them up my sleeves. So I'm just, I'm releasing episodes, and you're going to listen to them, and you're going to be like, why am I listening to this? But um, yeah, so here we go from January 5th, 2021, the 99th episode of Talk Me Into, I present to you with no fanfare whatsoever, Blink-182, the first 10 years. Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. (laughs) It's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week is Blink-182, the first 10 years. Okie dokie, fell okies. <laughs> I think that's the best one yet. <laughs> Uh, we've Dan and I have been going back and forth on this topic because uh, I'm a fan of Blink 182. Dan kind of is, but not enough. So he's he's kind. Ah, whoa, sorry. what was that? He's kind so. he's kind of neutral in this, but he's still going to play the role being talked into because there's a lot of Blink you don't know. Well, that, that's the thing is, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Blink 182 because I I don't like their later stuff at all. We're going to get into that too. Uh, but what I will say is the early stuff that I've heard, I've really enjoyed. I just haven't heard a lot of it. Right. So this episode, you might have noticed, is titled not just Blink-182, but Blink-182, the first 10 years, because I'm not a big fan of what they've been putting out since 2003. Um, So I'm just going to focus on that first 93 to 2002 or 92 to 2002, whatever it is Um, on those albums. When I came to know them, when I came to love them um as a child as a teenager and i still f with them i still listen back on those and i really enjoy them and even though they have some music now that i'm like okay that song's okay uh their last few years have been really bad Hmm. and they they went off in different directions that i'm not a huge fan of so this is just the first 10 years got it 
So we know a little bit about Dan's exposure. What Dan, what do you know from that time period? What do you not really know you're looking forward to? Um, okay. This is going to date me a little bit. Okay. When Enema of the State came out and was really big. Yep, 99. I liked a lot of the songs and I was like, yo, let me find out about this band because I heard they have older songs. Mm-hmm. So I went on Napster. Yeah, this do. is a part of my story I'm <laughs> going to tell too. And I just downloaded anything that was older, but I never heard like full albums. Like I know album names like Cheshire Cat, uh, Buddha. Are these even right? These are right. Buddha was a demo, and then they re-recorded some songs for Cheshire Cat, and then Dude li- Ranch later re-released Buddha with additional songs on it. So yeah, there's those are right. Dude Ranch was uh, full. So on. I would say out of all those albums prior to Enema of the State, I probably know like ten songs. Okay, well, so it's a smattering. Yeah, and a, a, probably a big. I haven't made the playlist yet, but probably a big part is going to be those. Mm. There's going to be some from Enema and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, but. Most of it's going to be older. Jimmy, what is your exposure? Yeah, I'm curious because he's a youngin. Uh, I know the name. I don't know any songs by titles. I probably have heard some You've of them. You've probably heard What's My Age Again and all yeah. the small things. Yeah. Like, we're not even getting into I Miss You. That's over. Feeling this? No. <laughs> Get out of here. You're done. Yeah. I don't want you here. Uh, do you know, picked her up on our very first date. Is it cool if I hold your hand? Yeah. No. Well, you will. That song will probably make it up. You're going that late? That's Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. Yeah, it's 2001. Oh. Yeah, wow. sure am. And I'm going to put in some stuff from their uh, live CD, too. Probably do some videos, too. Yeah, so I originally oh, heard of them. You got to put on that song so we can sw- sing it and make Jimmy bleep every single word. <laughs> oh, shit, piss, fuck, cock, sucker, mother, tits, fart, turn into yeah i fucked your mom yeah god damn it (laughs) (laughs) sorry jim um but yeah like they they are an mtv band they did come to popularity mtv i first heard of them slightly before enema of the state dude ranch had just come out they were on an episode of love line and i was watching that and i was like oh this i think it was josie they just had the music video for and i was like I've never heard this because at the time I'm like 13 Mm. and, you know, like Green Day was as punk as it got for me at that time. And then I heard this and it was kind of like Green Day, but like a little bit different. It was like it Mm. it felt like it was aimed more towards me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I like this. And then he liked it for way too long. Yeah, yeah. Jeff was one of those guys that was an (laughs) apologist for a band that like everyone else agrees is not good. So into high school when we were in our band Society and Breakdown, which we covered on our music episode, um, Adam was like, when we play shows, you're not allowed to wear Blank 182 (laughs) t-shirts. And then I wore a boxcar racer shirt, which is Tom DeLonge side project. And he was like, (laughs) he also played a Tom DeLonge signature Stratocaster. That was actually an accident. Yeah. So I did. I do (laughs) still have that was my first guitar, Tom DeLonge signature Strat. I just happened to pick it up in a guitar store. And I was like, I don't know about guitars. This sounds good. It didn't. Um, (laughs) And then I was like, I want this. Is that a Squire? No, it's a Strat. A Fender? Yeah, it's Fender Stratocaster. Um, Yeah. And I saved up. uh, I worked at an amusement park at a Dippin' Dot stand all summer. And I saved up for that guitar and I had a picture of it in my wallet. And it was when it was slow (laughs) and I wanted to go home. I was like, 16 year old Jeff, look at this picture of this (laughs) seafoam green Stratocaster. I ended up getting the black one. Um, So you have never played guitar before that? No, I, I did. Well, no, I started playing guitar in like 2000, but I got into blank in like 98 ish. Um, and then they just like went like all out with Enema of the State. But I mean, before popular. that guitar, 
No, I, I borrowed my uncle's acoustic guitar. Yeah, to, to record the weirdness. Yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> I did do that. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm excited because I still, I'm very nostalgic about this music. So it's going to be interesting hearing Dan's opinion and Jimmy's opinion on this as people who don't have an emotional connection to it. Because mm. I realize a lot of it is not good. <laughs> um, and what what drew me to them as a child, and I mean, still now, their songs are grotesquely juvenile, uh, <laughs> scatological in nature. Super simple. Super simple or about relationships and what it's like being a teenager. So Jimmy, coming of age, baby, there's going to be a lot of there. It doesn't get much deeper than that. There's a song I'm going to throw on there that's about divorce. But, oh. you know, we'll when see. they tried to get deeper, it was really bad. And that's why I'm not talking about it because <laughs> I don't like it. Um, Don't waste your time on me. You're already. Plus, how many bands do you know where the lead singer leaves to go study UFOs? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) He's a professional UFO hunter now. And there's going to be. I mean, actually, I would say more than half of this are before Travis Barker joined the band. So it's their old drummer, Scott Rayner, up until up through Dude Ranch. So there's just two Travis albums on here. Okay. Hmm. So when we come back, Jeff's going to have us listen, watch. You're making a playlist, I assume. I'm going to make a playlist, uh, probably a video list, too. And I'm going to make you my punk rock prom queens. Cool. Blink-182 is an emo band back from the day Wow! that uh, Jeff had Dan and I listen to. If you had called them a pop-punk band, it would have been accurate and also an insult, but you just <laughs> you just went for it. No, no, it's it's pretty emo. emo. Is it? Pretty emo. I mean, it's not like screamo emo, but like, it's, no. uh, you got some emotional stuff in there. Some. Yeah, just a little bit, but there's enough. All right, so I asked you guys beforehand what you wanted to do, because there's two playlists. Yeah. There's an audio and video playlist, and they are both chronological. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if you wanted to stitch them together. You guys decided, just do them separate. Yeah. So there's some stuff that when we get to the videos, I left out of this playlist. So if you're listening, we're going to hit the big ones Yeah. Uh, just in the video part when we get there. So let's start with the audio playlist, Jim. Which, by the way, I just want to interject quickly. I had forgotten that discussion, so I looked at the playlist and I'm like, what is Jeff doing right now? <laughs> That's very on brand. Yeah. Uh, so we get to Carousel. Yes, off of Cheshire Cat, 1995. That's Man Overboard. Oh, my bad. I'm going to have this problem throughout this episode. It's too late. But, um, yeah, no, this is... um carousel this is exactly what i i figured that a teenager slash younger jeff would listen to and like as soon as i yeah. started listening to it i was like oh yeah i understand why jeff apps with this see when at the time i just assumed that jeff was into like heavier music you have to remember mm-hmm. when we were in high school that's Je- true you jeff guys was were punk a little rock bit kids, yeah. yeah and uh like i had just met him but he had like a more foreboding look he was like the first one of our friends that had facial hair <laughs> <laughs> he and had like a tall. goatee he was tall he was just like yeah. he had a let me just take you back to the year 2000 like one <laughs> jeff had jeff was like infamous in our school because the day after 9 11 so 9 12 2001 don't remember this so uh you uh-oh. don't remember the homemade shirt you wore Oh, this no. was oh yeah it wasn't bad though 
What's no, it? but you became infamous because you made any statement about 9-11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I forget what your shirt was now, but I just remember you had a homemade shirt. It wasn't the day after. This was, You're talking oh. about the SIB lyric, right? That was like 2002. No, you had a shirt before I even knew you hmm. that was something about leaving God in the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, yeah. I remember <laughs> that. That was Jeff. He was that guy at the time. <laughs> he was just the, the tall, crazy-looking man with homemade shirts that yeah. would occasionally like get thrown out of study hall. Nice. I mean, Jeff, you were into Blink before high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Sure. Well, that's sense. why ever since I knew Jeff... The whole Blink-182 love affair thing was just like an ana- anachronistic thing. Like, yeah. dude, they're not that bad. Like, clearly <laughs> he was like super into them before I met Jeff and yeah. he was like holding on to it, which props because a lot of people get talked out of their like sort of cringy yeah. likes. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy, so you, this had Jeff written all over it. For oh, you. yeah, for sure. As soon as I started listening to it, I was like, oh, I understand. Like, just based on like music that he made and stuff and... um um the guitar i like the guitar parts a lot in here i thought the the um this song is honestly good. one of my favorite blank songs because it's about three minutes and a minute and a half is just instrumental yeah and yeah. they're actually doing interesting things which moving forward there's not much of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think don't get too crazy with that i think out of the songs off um this self-titled or cheshire cat whatever you want to call it cat, yeah. yeah um this is probably the most like where they're headed I thought yeah. the next two um, that we listened to, Does My Breath Smell and TV, are sort of forgettable. And they, they seem a little bit amateurish compared to mm-hmm. Carousel. I would agree with that. I think um, I like the lyrics about TV um, just because, you know, it's a song about TV. It's yeah. nice not to have like a stereotypical love song or whatever. Um, but no, I thought it was fine. Like all three of these songs. Yeah, we could just talk about them all together. Yeah, That's I fine. think they're all just fine. Like I wouldn't. I like the first song probably the best. I like the instrumental better than the actual song. Um, I mean, lyrically, a lot of these are pretty shallow. It's just yeah. about like being in high school and all that. It's I but, was but at the time, it's relatable. So I haven't listened to this first album in a really long time. When I go back to listen to Blink, I tend to listen to Dude Ranch more. Mm. Yep, um, that's my favorite too. But I, I have to admit, I was surprised by how much these first three songs remind me of like a shittier NoFX. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we'll get to that later. They did cover a NoFX song. Like, yeah. they were mm. Southern California. Like, they grew up with NoFX. Yeah. And they love them. I mean, they get Makes branched sense. into pop punk, which definitely comes out in their sound later. But earlier on, they They're were more like skate punk. Yeah. I think oh, yeah. the yeah. transition of drummers had a bigger effect than people realize. I don't know if it was a transition of drummers because Travis Barker left the Aquabats. The Aquabats. For yeah. Blink. So I think it was just like they got. I mean, Dude Ranch was major label, but Enema of the State was like that was their big album. Well, I'm going to present a thesis as to why I believe that. Okay. I think literally the change in their sound can be defined by the alteration of one drum beat. So mm. everything before Travis Barker, what was the name of their first drummer? Scott. Scott. You hear a lot of what I call the Digabap beat. There's a lot of that, the no especially beat. early on. To get that, to get that, to get like that really right. fast, but get yeah. machine gun thing. Mm-hmm. Travis Barker very rarely does that. Yeah, you hear like he'll play the standard rock beat very fast, but he's not doing that. To get that, to get that, to get that's a no effects beat. Anyways, and I mean even like in these songs, like it kind of sets the the blank cliches, the la la las, and the. Mm. That that's a common mm. theme throughout all of their music, and and I mean even in these first songs, you get more of that like it 
it's going to sound a little funny to say, but you get a lot of that more raw, like skate punk, Southern California punk yeah. in these songs. There's feedback in it. There's like, they do a little different things. Like Mark's not that interesting of a bass player at all. Mm-hmm. Very basic. But in these earlier songs, he does change things up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. It feels more like skate punk than pop punk. Yeah, for sure. Especially when it gets like later on. Yeah. Um, then we get to, uh, pathetic dude ranch. Yeah. 1997. And Dan calls me emo with all the, uh, books that I read. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, this song, I think it's fine. Yeah. I like this one because on a playlist, you, you don't really notice, but this is their album opener. Mm. So oh, really? you put on the CD and it's, it just starts. Yeah. It just gets right into it. And it's, I, I like the, the higher energy in this one. It feels like the stuff from Cheshire Cat, just better. Yeah. Like totally. better performed and better written. Because a lot of the stuff on Cheshire Cat 2 was written way earlier, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. this was written in, you know, a year or so. I, I want to mm-hmm. talk about Damn It, because this is, to me, like sort of career defining for them. Yep. I think this definitely pushed them into like more attention. Mm-hmm. It got picked up for, I believe, the American Pie soundtrack. I think so, yeah. And uh, supposedly this song is like got radio play unexpectedly and is what like got yeah, major, it was major their, labels it was to their look, first look like at them. Major single. So what'd you think of this one, Jim? Uh, I thought this was the best one off the album yeah. from uh, what you put on the playlist. Were you familiar with this prior to hearing this playlist? <sighs> Sounded familiar. I'm not sure. It was probably on every single teen comedy for like four years. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I was zero at the time. Yeah, that's but- <laughs> Um, I guess this is growing up. Also, yeah. anecdotally, like Mark's voice is really gritty on this album, especially in this song. Mm. And he attributes that to smoking. <laughs> and when they were recording this album, he had to quit smoking because he kept losing his voice. Yeah. He oh, also geez. said that um, they accidentally wrote a song that was too high for him to sing. <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. funny. <clears throat> um, also, insert Jimmy coming of age story. Yeah. Joke. Yeah, it is. And it's it's a little more mature than like, does my breath smell? For instance, yes, which is just sure. a corny dating song. Yeah, they've gone from twelve to fifteen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just wait till we get to degenerate. Yeah, but but even at yeah, even yeah. at the end of this, like when I was younger, I never picked up on it because I didn't have. I don't have a very great ear for music, but it's better now. Like there's organs at the end of this too, like mm-hmm. really really subtle. But there's they're they're starting to layer more, which I think is a good thing here but later on the reason why we're only talking about the first 10 years is because <laughs> they went a little too far with it i yeah. wasn't a fan of it later on yeah uh the problem is uh they found such a level of success that they thought they were musicians instead yeah. of just <laughs> instead of just people in a punk band <laughs> that's so true all right um, princess leia i new hope i'm on here for you guys yeah appreciate it I remember listening to this one like novelty wise. The lyrics yeah. are really funny. I don't think the song yeah. is great. No, it's not a great song. I 100% put this on here because it's a Star Wars. What would you yeah. think of it, Jim? I think it's fine. Like it, I, I could bop to it, though. Yeah, it fits their genre. It's just a corny teen love song. Yeah, it's I appreciate Star the Star Wars, Wars references. Is he actually falling? Does he have a crush on Princess Leia or is Princess Leia a metaphor for a real woman? I think it's a metaphor. It's probably a metaphor. But That's how I took also it. Carrie Fisher, you know. Yeah, oh. yeah I know. Oh. <laughs> in nineteen seventy. Seventy eight. When you were like negative thirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's 
he looked good eight years yeah. before I was born. <laughs> uh, then we get to Degenerate, which has Jeff written all over yeah, it. Yeah, it is. teenage Jeff. It's super juvenile, and it's... Yeah. it's See, so usually they're like love farts, but here they're telling right. a story. It's yeah. like a folk song. <laughs> it's a folk song. This is the one that I believe um, I read. It was about uh, Tom writing about how he was like such a disappointment. Pretty to, much to yeah. his parents and stuff. Because he's, he's a jokester. He's a prankster. Yeah. He's a fun guy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. So there's this song also highlights something that is uh it's not it hasn't aged well but mm. they they use gay as like a derogatory word mm. and yeah. they do that in their music and at the time i was like ha ha that's funny mm-hmm. i'm 13 yeah it's 1998 yeah he said gay uh and it comes up a few times in her music and it's it's disappointing now yeah i get that still fun and catchy to listen to though i have a feeling these were not like the super progressive uh political guys that hung out at the warp no tour. no totally <laughs> I think these not. were kind of i would not that i have anything against them but i think tom and mark especially air towards more of the uh bro Bros. influence yeah. of yeah. punk rock i oh, mean yeah. yes like when they got really big like they they would just so i mean they're 10 years older than me ish yeah and they were singing to high school kids and like girls would take their mm. shirts off at their concerts yeah like yeah, you know they're they're a lot younger it's, maybe you shouldn't entice oh, yeah, people yikes. to scream out boobies yeah because when i saw them i was like 14 and 15 so and they were like 25 yeah <laughs> that's funny then we get to time which is um kind of scottish yeah without uh without the horns this is one of the earlier songs so i can't remember if this sounds a lot like i don't remember punk. if this was recorded before cheshire cat and remastered or just mm. re-recorded i think it was just remastered see that makes sense because i'm not as into the chronology and the history of the band as you are and i re- listening to this playlist i'm like this feels like a step backwards yeah so these mm. these two songs time and my pet sally are the two songs on buddha that weren't released later on Cheshire Cat or mm. other songs. That's why I put oh, them on yeah, here. Because Cheshire Cat was sort of like a comp of a few of the Yeah, their it was some songs right? from their demos that they re-recorded, some songs off of this. So I'm not really sure that that's why I picked them. They're not particularly my favorite songs. But this one I think is pretty good because it does have that different like ska vibe and more of their like SoCal roots. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I found the ska stuff interesting. Um I didn't really have as much to say about my pet Sally. No, it's just another song. I think it's <laughs> I think it's about um, a security guard at their high school, which oh, I really? thought was kind of funny. Because like when That's we funny. were in bands, like Adam wrote a song about one of our teachers, <laughs> and it's just like a high school band thing. I think. Yeah, yeah. You just like use the characters in your life to make a song about them. What was the name of the high school uh, security guard? Oh, Hank. Yeah, remember Hank? Hank I do was a real Hank. peach. Yeah, he was great. My first day of freshman year, I was like so nervous and uh, just like wanted to make a good impression and just you know, try to reboot myself from being a loser in middle school. And I was walking, literally walking onto the Naugatuck High School grounds for the first time. And I was just like a little nervous 13 year old. And the first person who greeted me was Hank, the security guard, (laughs) screaming that I had crossed the parking lot without looking. And his way of screaming was, sorry, Jim. But he screamed, where the f*** are you going? (laughs) What was the lady's name? Donna? I don't remember. Do you remember her though, right? Because mm. there was there was Hank, Joe, and then the lady. So anyway, my point is is that I graduated high school. Uh, my brother's a sophomore in high school at this time, and I became a security guard. And they were like, 
uh somebody called out can you go and fill the spot in Naugatuck high school and i was like I yes this. i can because <laughs> i'm 18 or 19 i just graduated and i was like yes i will go stand in front of the high school for a day so i go in there and there's a new head of security so he doesn't know me and he's just introduced me to the other security guards and by the way we should interject and say this is like pre-sandy hook when school protection was a lot more lax People oh yeah just come so and this go. is 2004 yeah so um he he introduces me to her and i reach my hand out to shake her head <laughs> and i was like hello she just looks me dead in the eyes and she says you went here and i was like <laughs> yes and she walked away <laughs> That's really And then funny. my brother got sick that day. My mom had to pick him up and I made him go back to the nurse's office to get a note because they didn't have one. That's <laughs> really funny. Hall pass. <laughs> yeah. Great. Great. So we're moving on to the big one, Jim. This is the transition from Scott to Travis, as we mentioned. Mm. The drummers. This is uh, Enema of the State. I feel like when this album came out, this is like just my impression, but when this album came out, I feel like a lot of fans were probably like, oh, you sold out. No, there were no fans. Oh, okay. There, well. I mean, there were, there, it was like me and I was just like, oh, <laughs> cool. Me. They're on TRL now. Like, yeah, that's okay. what I thought. I was like, more people see them. That's cool. That means that they're popular and people like what oh, I like. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. By the, by the way, we should say, you know, we've talked about punk bands, hardcore bands, folk, you know, acts and stuff like that. This wasn't just like the big defining album for them. This was like a big album for the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Like this this was, this was like the yeah. biggest album of the year that this came out. Yeah, I've definitely, I'm pretty sure I've heard at least all three of these songs. These guys went from playing clubs to arenas in one album. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Um, yeah, no, Aliens Exist. This is obviously funny in hindsight because yeah. <laughs> of, uh, what's his name? Tom. Yeah. Tracking aliens for a little It's just about conspiracy yeah. theories. I've watched many a shows with him tracking aliens at work, so uh, it's interesting. Jeff, when you were listening to this back in the day when this came out, were you like, ha, that's funny? Yeah, because... <laughs> I mean, it was like, because it was different. I was like, oh, it's about, you know, this little You thought it was like tongue in cheek. Yeah. And then it was either, it was like right around here or a little after when I started, like the pieces started coming out where like, because I have, you know, I have like DVDs of blank, like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. And he would like go to a bookshelf (laughs) and like, oh, this is about UFOs. And I was like, cool. But I didn't know that he was like really. He was like, no, seriously. Yeah. Because like the 12 Majestic Lies, I had no idea what that meant when it came out at the end. But then, like, if you look into it, the Majestic 12 was, like, a secret group that might exist that Truman put together to, like, investigate aliens. So, yeah, there's, like, really, like, this is a huge mainstream album, too, and he's just, like, the Majestic 12. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, with the production quality of the song, too, I think it sounds really good. Yeah, Yeah. This album, I think, was produced by Jerry Finn, if I'm correct, who was usually teamed up with Butch Vig. These were guys who produced, like, every big, like, quote-unquote alternate rock or punk mm-hmm. that went, like, mainstream. Like, yeah. Green Day, Offspring. Makes sense. Um, so that, like, distorted guitar sound with everything being, like, real up front and compressed, mm-hmm. that's got Jerry Finn written all over it. Yeah. Uh, no, I think the production quality improves them immensely. Um, I, like, I like the other songs, but, like... After this, I was like, oh, I understand why people like this now. It also speaks to the importance of a good drummer because their first drummer sure. was fine. He was fine. But for you could just hear like a, like a little sloppiness band. on some stuff. Yeah. And Travis Barker is like such a good drummer. Even when he's doing simple things, he's so crisp. Like every mm-hmm. beat is perfectly timed. And I'm sure some of that could have been repaired in the studio. But we know in hindsight from like his other projects, he's like mm. he's an good. amazing drummer. Yeah, he's really good. And then we get into the real sad song 
Jimmy Adams. Oh, it's yeah. Please tell me you guys were making fun of Adam with this song. I'm sure we years. did. We must have. <laughs> yeah. Like it just we had to have. But no, I mean it's a it's a very big tonal shift from their previous stuff, especially yeah, on this playlist. For sure. Um I think I read that this was uh somebody from the band kept on like coming home from these big tours and didn't have a girlfriend was really sad about it. Oh and, really? Uh, I mean yeah. the story is somebody like a fan of theirs killed themselves oh, really? and they like had one that. of their albums on loop or something oh, so this yikes. is kind of just like this is after um you know all that like heavy metal is making people kill themselves yeah you know? so they just you know they knew that i mean they didn't know this album was going to be as huge as it was but yeah. they just wrote a song about yeah, it. yeah no it was it's it was like, really sad um i liked but it it ends positive like, it does yeah. yeah it's got that thing that they do so well around this period of their career which is that uh, they take an extremely like repetitive, simple riff, but make it, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like so catchy mm-hmm. that you don't mind that it's only like four notes over yeah. and over again. Mm-hmm. It is. And they, they do add like, there's acoustic guitars and more piano. So they're, they're experimenting a lot more yeah. musically. And then we get, I, I put this one on here. Uh, just to show uh, the juxtaposition from song to song on this album, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can go from Adam's song to the party song, yeah. which is very juvenile. This and is very honestly like Anthony. Yeah, but it's one of my favorite Blink-182 songs. Really? Because I think it does a good job of actually doing that fast yeah, no effect style beat. Mm. And I love the way his lyrics match with it. Do you want to go to a party? Da, da, da. It's like yeah. very percussive. Yeah. And it's so clean. Like there's something enjoyable. Like a lot of times when you hear like the earlier songs or bands like no effects, no effects does it really well clean too. But a lot of bands, when they play at that speed, it gets a little sloppy, sloppy around the edges. Like I the agree. guitars aren't stopped as cleanly. Right. The drums aren't, you know, hit as cleanly. And so then there's, it, it does break too. So you give like yeah, a little da, breath da, 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 and then it goes back. Da, 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 yeah. It's uh yeah, I don't think lyrically it's anything special, but musically, to me, this is like sort of an earworm. Even though I don't know like any of the words, I'll be sitting at work, and this is before doing this episode. I'll just be like, You wanna go to the party? <laughs> yeah. All right. So then we uh <laughs> Then we get to this weird live album, which I don't think was like a big popular album i think that it probably sold a lot because they released it in 2000 so like they got popular mm. they went on these huge tours and then they pushed out another album right. and there was, only, to, like, there was man yeah. overboard was the one studio at single that we went on there but jimmy i just put these two joke songs on here yes because it's like live there is a lot of banter which is listening back to that album funny. Is super sure. cringy now it's yeah. not, oh, well, not yeah. very funny um but they would do like stupid funny songs like this, like Family Reunion, which we mentioned in the first half. Yeah, please and, don't uh, sing it again. I don't B- feel like censoring. BJ. Yeah. They were both funny. Like, I laughed out loud to both of them. Yeah. They're also catchy, too, which is really annoying. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can't sing this out loud. It'd be nice. I sing that all yeah. the time. Yeah. And my wife is like, mm. I, uh, from in middle mom. school, I dated a girl who was super into this album. Like, every time I was over her house, <laughs> she played it. Did we date that? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we get into now she's married and lives in Ohio and has two kids. Oh, oh, I know. Um, <laughs> Just to show that time has progressed. Yes, <laughs> uh, "Man Overboard" was the single on here, which is it's kind of a funny song because it's about their old drummer Scott. Oh, and yeah. kind of how they kicked him out of the band, how he was just <laughs> like a drunk. He didn't really care that much about stuff. But it's also like it's kind of like happy while also beating down on him. It's kind of messed up. Yeah. I like this song, though. I think it's... Uh, yeah, so do I. It is catchy. I think it's arguably better than some of the singles from 
enema of the state. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. uh is kind of sad because although although this album probably sold a lot because it's a live album, I don't think it got anywhere near the attention of like no, the they media did have stuff. it did have a video and it did parody uh What's My Age Again and all the small things. We'll get to that a little bit later, but it, it was a single. It did get a lot of airplay, but it didn't reach like What's My Age Again or definitely not all the small things. Yeah. Which is still played at every bowling alley and bar that you go to. <laughs> So um, I like the, the harmony parts of this. Over. I think it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. There's so much more than I wanted, and there's so much more than <laughs> I needed. Just Tom voice. Yeah. Time it's pretty on point. On like, on I never really listened to Blink before, and then, like, as I was listening to it, I'm like, oh, Jeff does a pretty good Soon impression. Soon we'll be gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny, like... uh I listen to a lot of linguistics podcasts and read about that stuff because it's uh, an interest of mine. Yeah. And they've attributed this like Southern California like morph in their accent to Tom DeLonge. I'm sure there's more people that talk like him, but even if you listen to him and Mark, they're very different. But because of the popularity of like what he does with the way he says words, it started to change how people in Southern California and elsewhere started saying certain things it's really funny how much which is weird which is weird because i don't think he actually talks no, he, much like that no, i think he, it's more of the way he's saying yeah he does have like a, yeah. a light socal accent yeah but the way that he over pronounces everything it just became part of the yeah. cultural zeitgeist i think <laughs> that this is him sort of doing a fat mike thing too fat mike has that weird sneer nasal thing that's probably how it started i could totally see that um so then we get i won't be home for christmas jeff what release is this it was a single oh so it was i won't be home for christmas and then i think like josie and all the small things and another song off take off your pants and jacket so it was like Mm. singles from three albums one of those like maxi things that used to get in in walmart for like 398 or something (laughs) i got it it for your entertainment yeah nice um yeah what'd you think about this i don't remember this song like when it came out um it doesn't shock me that they did a Christmas song because, again, they were like a major label band. I feel like this was in a movie, but I'm not sure. It's possible. I could hear that. What did you think of it, Jim? I thought it was fine. Like, it's funny that it's kind of like an anti-Christmas song. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I get why Jeff likes this again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's good. I-, I think the last two songs on the playlist are uh, pretty interesting um, because this is where... I don't know if I would have included them because to me, this sort of pushes against the paradigm of what we've decided we were going to talk about, which is like the first era of Blink. I think this is still part of the first Mm. era. The only reason I disagree is because now they're starting to think they're musicians like we talked about earlier. Okay, yeah. Uh, Reckless Abandon, I kind of just threw on here because I wanted that more than one song. And there's some stuff in the videos, too, Mm. which I think is a, a fine song. But I will say Stay Together for the Kids is a good song. Mm-hmm. I think is. it's like the last of their good songs. Right, totally. Um, because it does push like what they were. Um, it also, to me, feels much more like um, an Angels and Airwaves song than a Blink-182 song. Mm, I wouldn't say that. If you listen to it like like I did. Well, they are doing more than just power fan. chords. They're like, he's doing like weird <laughs> stuff. <laughs> this was actually, uh, I learned how to play this song. This is one of the first songs I learned how to play on guitar. So, <laughs> um, and I took a guitar class in high school and I played this as my final project. Cool. I'm so cool. <laughs> That's really What'd cool. you think of this one, Jim? 
I thought it was fine. Like the emotional stuff doesn't really like have a huge impact. But on Jim, me. you're a child of divorce. Yeah, it had a huge emotion. When I first heard I this, I cried. I was like, <laughs> "Somebody gets me." Other yeah. people have divorced parents. I'm I don't not really the only like. One. I don't have those kinds of feelings. My my parents got divorced when I was really young, so whatever. It's just normal for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It was fine. Um. I like. I think it's one of those songs that could like sort of grow on me over time it's but, catchy uh, yeah this album came out the summer right before i turned 16 and in order to buy it i had a jar in my room that i collected coins for a year <laughs> so i could buy it you're a loser it, i was <laughs> and th they also did cool stuff on their website there was like i don't know a producer or something he went by cheetah that was his online username <laughs> i don't want to know <laughs> and, this stuff no but I, they would they would do like video updates from the recording studio and this right. was 2000 to 2001 so i mean it was like you know it was streaming it was video. It was like real time yeah it was it took me forever to load and i would go on every day i'm like oh where's cheetah's update they're like we just started using this new cool invention it's called pro tools <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty cool we need 64 tracks to have a guitar go the video for uh stay together for the kids featured uh them destroying a house just like demolishing it yeah and it was it was supposed to release like in october of 2001 but it's not as cool as jeff's describing it because they weren't actually destroying the house the house was like exploding and stuff no it was like yeah actually exploding and then they're like oh maybe we shouldn't air this after 9 11 so they reshot the whole video where it was just a bunch of people like skating in a half pipe that's funny uh, then we get to Reckless Abandon, which is the last song on the music playlist. On and on. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, this is basically like just an updated version of Degenerate to, for me. Like, yeah. It's pretty similar. It's just, you know, I am I have Reckless Abandon. I'm just going to have some S up. Punk. Yeah. It was fine. Videos. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. Let's go to the YouTube playlist. Okay. So I added some stuff on here just so we could get a little taste I don't want you to listen to Fly Swatter, but I want you to hear where they started. Yeah, the longest line. This may be the worst no effects cover that's it's ever been. It's terrible. Done. It's really bad. But it made me find out who no effects was. Like I was aware Ooh, of I was bad. aware of them, but like this is you were talking about you found them on Napster. I downloaded every single song of theirs on Napster in like 98 or 99, whatever. Yeah. And this was one of them. And I was like, oh, no effects. That sounds familiar. And then mm. like I got into no effects. That's did you funny. know this was a no effects cover, Jim? No, this is uh, the longest line, right? Yeah, yeah. Jeff did a poor job explaining. Even that, no yeah. effects song isn't very good. No. It's not a very good no effects song. No, yet. it's not. No, I hated this. I hated every <laughs> minute of this song. I was like, skip. It's performed poorly. It's yeah. recorded poorly. <laughs> they recorded it's it on originally. Cassette. Not a great song, as Jeff said. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really bad. But I thought it was fun to just show where they started. Yeah, from '93. It was also fun to go into the next song, which is I'm assuming pronounced M&Ms. Yep. It's um, off of Cheshire Cat. Yeah, I totally forgot that YouTube could still show videos in 4x3. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this is going way back. Oh yeah. I don't care about this song at all, but I enjoyed the video because they're so young. Me too. And they're yeah. so not famous yet. It was yet. so funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And they're so much more of a SoCal skate punk band. Like they just are. the way they dress, the way they perform. I mean, even the song, like the fast leads yeah. and everything. but And like the way the video was shot was totally 90s. Oh yeah. Yeah, just in an amusement park. And even I think, like, I think it was Mark he just like tripped over himself while walking which yeah. is really funny there were two videos for this too i think one of them they went into an arcade and shot everybody and huh. they like when they got famous they had to like yeah probably that. didn't want to yeah. do that 
Um, even like the instruments that they play is are so like '90s SoCal skate punk because like, they didn't get the, like their signature strats. Yet. Yeah, Mark was playing an Ernie Ball Stingray bass, which is just like so on trend at that time in punk rock music. I remember my first band I was playing bass for. And I was like, I really want an Ernie Ball Stingray, <laughs> but I'll have to settle for a Squire Jazz bass. Darn. Because I'm broke. The next song. Rectum. Get it, guys. And it's, it's from the They Came to Conquer Uranus EP. Get I it? did not get that joke until I just said Rectum. <laughs> <laughs> and that's even funnier now. Yeah, this was, this was like in between Cheshire Cat and Dude Ranch. So it was kind of a bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't care about this at all. Yeah, and, and there's no real video. You just put it on here. Just yeah, to I put it on the there because it's yeah. not on Spotify. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I have the seven inch. I the album it. artwork was great, though. Yeah, I mean, that's all good. I needed out of it. Cool. Dead Man's <laughs> Curve. I didn't know this existed, and I really enjoyed it. This is the first time I've seen this some, and heard it. It's from some TV movie oh, that really? was around mm. American Pie when they started getting like popular, and they just did a cover of Dead Man's Curve from Jan and... Jan and Dean. Yeah, Jan yeah. and Dean. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to watch. And the music video was, was all silly. like little clips of like stock footage of people yeah. drag <laughs> yeah. racing and stuff. This was one of those songs that I downloaded off of Napster and just put it on like a CDR with seven other songs. Yeah. Uh, this is the next one is one that I'm really glad you put on here. Yeah. When, I, when I saw the playlist, I was like, how are you leaving off what I call my girlfriend? But apparently <laughs> it's called Josie. My girlfriend. And then I remembered that I had seen this video and I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that there was a video and I've already seen this and it's really good. It's a good video. It is good. Yeah. yeah. And the song's good. So Alyssa Milano. And yeah. It's it's just silly. It's slapstick. Purple hair Mark. And it's yeah, like bleach blonde Tom and then Scott. Yeah. It's every like high school movie trope all in one video. Which is funny because they became like that band. Yeah. They were like in American Pie, I think. Yeah. Jim, what'd you think of this song and video? Uh song was really catchy, super fun. Video was also very funny because it screamed the 90s. Yeah. When um, I was in San Diego, I wanted to go to Sombreros <laughs> just because of this song. Just That's because. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, just because. Didn't you talk about this in the first half did about I? how people say it's not even good? Yeah. Okay, so I did mention it. Yeah. I didn't um, go there. I got some other burrito. It was really good. I think even though it's juvenile, I think this song is very honest about young romance. <clears throat> like the things that he likes about her and what they have in common and stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's they're true. so teenager, but they're done. I don't know. There's something like heartwarming about it. Like it's honest, but it's also like real it's yeah it's not all about breakups like there are some good high school relationships too. no i don't even mean the breakups i mean just like what he says like she takes him home when he's too drunk to drive he goes over her house and she's watching vacation and yeah you know, those are like the little things about high school relationships that are good that aren't like over dramatic mm -hmm. and cliche yeah. and stuff yeah. i um, agree then we get into big time blink big time music videos big time big time singles again what's my age again yeah, no, I had no idea that the um, um, I think it's Mark who goes like, "What the," um, in the uh, in the video. Yeah. It's a great gif. Like I use that gif all the time. <laughs> oh, I was like, "Oh, that's from this video." I had no idea that's oh, from a Blink Tom. song. That's Blue Tom. Oh, yeah. Tom. And I think I don't you're know actually thinking of first, first date. date. Yeah. <laughs> oh, am I? Oh, God. <laughs> you're looking at the wrong order i'm looking or at the wrong yeah Mems. this is the one where they're naked yeah this is like their first huge oh right, music video. right this was yeah. parodied by tons of people forget what i just said but we'll talk about that later <laughs> i was like yeah that's first date yeah sorry no this was like a big 
cultural moment. Nobody likes you when you're 23. Yeah, yeah. it's a, yeah. lyrically, it's stupid. Yeah. yeah. It's very immature. But the music video, this was like everywhere that year. Oh my God, yeah. I think so there many was people even like, like parodied it. And... There was like a making the video of this, I think. Wow. And all or all the small things for sure. There was yeah. making a video, which is next, which is their boy band video parodies. So, Jimmy, did you get that? This is what I wanted to know. Yeah. Cause like when you're younger than when us. all the small things came out, like NSYNC, Baxter Boys, 98 Degrees, their videos There's were also everywhere. Christina Aguilera in here. Yeah. There's there Britney is. Spears in here. Mm. Did you understand that all these little vignettes were parodying all their music videos? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, like from, I mean, like I remember watching MTV like when I was really young and stuff and seeing all these dumb. Yeah, like, I didn't, I and... forgot like some of them, but when they like came back in this video, I was like, that's a thing. Yeah, I you're remember like, I that. remember the one that hit me the hardest because I wasn't expecting it. Cause I remember like Backstreet Boys and NSYNC right. were getting parodied in this. When he was standing on the rocks as Christina Aguilera. Yes. Well, the first one <laughs> when he's lying, yes. when he's lying on his stomach on the beach <laughs> is from Genie in a Bottle. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, he oh did that. God, and like Genie Mark eats a flower. Yeah. There's a lot of good moments in this. It's really fun. That is pretty good. The Backstreet Boys parody where they're all in white, but Mark is only wearing like, um, what do you call it? Like, briefs and like a weird hat and he's just dancing around like humping the air and in both these videos there's a guy dressed in a banana for no reason yeah that's awesome the song is like fine but the music yeah. video actually did make me lol because i hadn't seen it in yeah so and long. then man overboard really the video parodied what's my age again and all the small <laughs> things but they use little people yeah i do as remember a punch that. Line, which is very insensitive it was just little people doing everything from these videos <laughs> cool uh then we get to a uh, rock show yeah which was a funny idea that I've seen like people do like nowadays. I'm I'm kind of curious of like. So this was like this was 2001. So Jackass, Jackass was still time. huge. Yeah, true. So yeah. they were. I think they were just cashing in on that kind of for vibe. sure with the fish yeah. eye lenses and stuff. Yeah, I mean, don't forget the Jackass is and skate videos. A lot of stuff yeah. from skate videos, right, right. which is part of their whole culture too. But yeah, this was fun. I thought the way they the things they chose to do with the money were fun and like a little unexpected. They first start out with just giving money to people. Yeah. Then they get homeless people and give them huge makeovers. <laughs> yeah. And then and they shave that lady's head. Yeah. The lady who was like pissed about them bringing the homeless people into her salon. They clearly like gave her money and she just let them shave the top of her head. <laughs> yeah. That funny. was good. Yeah. The song's fine, but the video is also pretty I funny. like the song. I, mean, I do too. It's the super time, catchy. It's super catchy. And at the time it's relatable too. At the time. Not yeah. now. Yeah. But um, there's some fun little harmonies in this. I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, then we get to first date, which I found out that I uh, had a really great gift that I use all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is my favorite Blink-182 video and song. Really? Yeah, which is kind of funny, but this is the one that gets stuck in my head all the time. I thought you would hate this song because it's kind of like, it, it is really poppy and corny. Yeah, there's something about the drum beat, though. He does a really unique drum beat in this. And <laughs> now, <laughs> the, you know that part, the little fill yeah. that he puts in? Also in the video, oh, I forgot the part. The uh, I forgot the part where the lady with like the headpiece fell off the bike and it just scraped across yeah, the floor. And that the, was yeah, really the good. music Sparks. stopped too. I was like, that's actually really good timing. Yeah, the characters that they come up with are like really funny. That they play like you know yeah, the they're walking things. into the room just talking about like. No, I just mean like those characters that they are throughout yeah, yeah. the music video, and then at the end you get little updates on like where they are now and stuff. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. It was like a movie. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was really good. Definitely, I would probably also say my favorite video and favorite song. It also looked like they clearly just like wanted to have fun. They like 
film the second half of the video in a um, water park and stuff. Yeah, super fun. And the last one I just put on for fun to close everything out, because whenever I hear Damn It, even on the CD, I sing No Scrubs during the breakdown. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. This is just a little way to show you guys what they were like live. Yeah, I saw them live, actually, one, yeah. one time. Really? You probably saw them at 104 Fest yeah. at the same time. Yep. Because I Saves saw the Day and Green Day and Blink-182. Yeah. I saw that tour and then the next one when they had the giant flaming fuck. Sorry, Jim. <laughs> cool. So, Jimmy. Yeah. You've consumed a lot of content for a band that is not very important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so and you consume more content true. than you ever have before. Probably. Funny aside, I was at my chiropractor this morning before we recorded, and he actually okay. listens to the podcast. Oh, really? <laughs> Shout out to okay. Dr. Rizza. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, what are you guys recording today? And I was like, um, we're doing Blink-182. And he goes, really? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but very specifically, only like their first 10 years. And he's like, what is there to say about that? <laughs> so, Jimmy, what is there to say about the first 10 years of Blink-182? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, everything everything that you had us, uh, you had for us in this playlist, I think, was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, but I am also kind of in the same boat of, like, what is there to say about this? Like, right. it, There it, isn't much to say. Right. It's, this, it's basically just, like, if we enjoyed it or not. It's pretty, pretty shallow music. Like, yeah. There's... Not a lot going on. So to me, we sort of talk about three categories on this podcast. <laughs> one of them are things that are in the cultural zeitgeist. Right. Yes. One of them are things that are generally regarded as being like prestige. Yes, exactly. Yes. Like important, prestigious. <laughs> yeah. And the third category are that. just things that we really like. Yeah. This definitely falls into something that Jeff <laughs> just really likes. Right. Yeah. So I'm curious. Um because you had like very little exposure to this. Right. Uh it was fun. Like um everything that I listened to, there was nothing <laughs> where I was like, eh, except for that no effects cover. That was dog shit. It was real bad. Yeah. yeah. Um I hate it too. I just put it on there for funsies. <laughs> um, but like everything was like thoroughly enjoyable. I had a few laugh out loud moments. I was like, you know, if I was like a child of the nineties, which I kind of am and not really, um, I could see myself enjoying this. Yeah. Final push. I don't have one, so I'm just going to ask Jimmy if he was talking. Well, here's an interesting idea for a final push, Jeff. Yeah. Do you think if Jimmy's talked into this, Mm -hmm. he should listen to any more Blink One E Two? Including, I thought thought we were also talking Dan into this too. We are. What's happening? I got cut off. Yeah. So no, I I thought that. Didn't I say that I already like some of this stuff? No, I'm talking. We decided last week. We recorded (laughs) it. I'm asking you if you like it. Oh, okay. I think we got the answer, but because you said that you only knew a few songs. Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember because was, I was sort of in between on this. Well, no, I mean, okay. So, Jimmy, if you're a no, take some time, skim through the remainder of their mm. albums. You will appreciate this more. <laughs> Trust me, because I get that it gets it gets worse. Or you might like it. Like their self-titled one is okay. <laughs> it's not okay. Great. What about the Skiba stuff? I wanted that to the, be good so the bad. The Skiba stuff, you can pick songs out you know and we're talking about? together like an no EP. Idea. Tom's not in the band, and they've replaced yeah. him with Matt Skiba, who sang and played guitar for Alkaline Trio. Okay. And uh, when that was announced, I was very excited for it, and it never really lived up to expectations. I did listen to California the other day when I was working from home, and I was like, it's, it's okay. <laughs> but their latest album is absolute dog shit. Mm. All right. 
Okay. Enough with this. Ask me the question. Jimmy and Dan, I want an answer from you two. <laughs> Were you talked into the first decade of Blink-182? Yes. Wow. wow. I thought Dan was going to turn around and be a no. I thought he was going to be like, I like the old songs, but it's honestly Dan. He thought he was already talked into it. it so. Uh, so, Jimmy, you like Yeah. It? Yeah, no, there is enough stuff in there where I can definitely make either like a Blink playlist or uh, there's more stuff I want to explore. Okay. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I'm not done with this is what I'm kind of saying. Oh. I think they're a perfectly fine playlist band. I don't think yeah. you're going to gain anything from listening to whole album. No, or, Dude Ranch, you could listen to it in its entirety. It's pretty good. It's pretty thorough. Yeah. Um, I get a lot of memes now, so that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's a good man and thorough. <laughs>